This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. You know, uh, Pastor Nikki, uh, you were talking about 20 and 21 years. And, uh, you know, we're in between that right now. You're going into your 21st year. You know, it's significant because in-betweens are important. I'm in between a very particular time of my life. I'm in my 39th year of ministry in Africa. I'm going into my 40th year. And it's been a very peculiar time because, you know, 40 has a significance about the end of judgment. 40 has the, the end of the, the wilderness, the end of tribulation. It's also the end of ministry. In Moses' third cycle of 40 years, it was over. In his second cycle of 40 years, it just began. I'm hoping mine's just beginning. But I, I know that God has been speaking to me about the significance of my next year and my next years in ministry. All of my mentors have been in their 60s when their ministries actually flourished and started. Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole started the Christian Men's Network in his 60s. Dr. Lester Summerall, although he'd been a worldwide renowned minister and gone all over the world, started his greatest ministry in his 60s. And for 20 years, almost 20 years, served God out of his 60s and, and did more in those 20 years than he did in all the other ministry he had. Brother Kenneth Hagin was in his 60s when his message finally hit the scene. He preached it his whole life, but in his 60s, God took it around the world, touched it and blessed it. These were men that blessed my life, that spoke into my life. These were men that somehow took a liking to me. I'm saying, wow, how would that happen other than to prepare us? We had 30 years of action this year. I don't think it's insignificant that we've had 30 years. 30 is a very significant year. We talked about that during action. I don't go over that again. We are in our 10th year of Synod. Is it just us that make these meanings up? Do we just have these things at a whim? Or does God have a pattern? Is he leading us? Is he teaching us? Is he helping us mature? And so when I think of our 20th year, entering into our 21st year, we're strategically positioned. I believe that we're heading into a major event, a major event in the, in the 21st year of our prayer movement. Prayer backs everything. If we don't have prayer, nothing, God does nothing except an answer to prayer. And I think you have to understand, if we're not praying, then we can pretty much kiss this thing goodbye. So prayer, even in your life, is important, but more importantly for the church. And uh, I believe that who we will be next year will be determined by how we prepare in this next few months. It'll be our next steps. Our next steps are really critical and important steps. You know, being in the middle speaks of a time of transition, a period that determines how the next phase of life or the next phase of activity will be. One of the principles that we teach is that the way you leave is the way you enter. No matter what you, no matter how you leave, whatever, if you leave a marriage badly, you're going to enter the next one badly. If you leave a employment badly, I promise you, you'll take that into the next 
employment. If you leave a church or a ministry badly, you carry that into your next church. And if we leave a year badly, we enter into the next year badly. This is the year of Jubilee. This year has just closed. The year of Jubilee has just closed. The year we're in now is a year of new beginnings. It's a new season. It's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing season for us. But I would hate to carry the baggage of last year or the last 10 years or the last 50 years into the new year. The new year has already begun, by the way, on the Hebrew calendar. We are in 5779. The Hebrew alphabetical letter that represents the number 20 is the, word, is the letter kaf. And it's, uh, the, the symbol of it is a palm, the palm of the hand, an open hand. Uh, it's very significant in Jewish tradition. Uh, in fact, there's a lot of superstition around it, to be honest with you. But what it really represents in, 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 in Hebrew, is it signifies when your hand is held up, it signifies giving freely, free giving. When it's held down or the, the palm is down, it's cover, it, it talks about covering, covering one's sin covering one's faults. And uh, it's very significant, uh, you know, even when we pray, it also speaks of redemption. And so I'm thinking we're in a season of 20 where freely giving and redeeming and covering many things. We overcome by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony. We, we, we cover things by the blood of the lamb. 20 is double, the num is a double 10. 10 is the number of government. God wants government. God loves government. This is God's government on steroids. But it's one short of 21. And 21 is the threefold seven. Seven, of course, being perfection, being the number of God, and three being uh, the multiple of that, and, and, and also a picture of God. It signifies completion as regards spiritual perfection. And 21 being, or 20 is only one short of what we expect, the expectancy that comes with 21. 21, of course, Nikki mentioned is in the European culture when somebody comes of age. Well, I, I believe that our prayer ministry at 21 is coming into age. It's a number of perfection. It's a number of God having blessed and taught and developed us. Uh, how many of you know just because you pray it doesn't mean that you pray well? The Bible even teaches, he says, you won't be hear, heard for your, 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 for your much praying. You know, you're much babbling. It's not how much you pray, it's how effective we become. And we've learned to be very effective in this church in our prayers. And we've seen miracles, we've seen God answers. In the book of Genesis, the 31st chapter, uh, we see that it took 20 years for Jacob, who waited expectantly to, have, to get to possession of his wives and property, before being released from Laban. 20 years he worked for him. This guy was a conniver. Laban, Jacob was too, but he got only released after 20 years. Free from bondage, redeemed from bondage. Took 20 years. Judges talks about Israel had to wait 20 years to be delivered from Jabin's oppression. They were redeemed from bondage after 20 years. It, Judges 15 talks about 20 years that Israel waited for deliverance until Samson came and judged 20 years. 20 years is a significant step. It's a, it's a season of breakthrough, a season of 
deliverance from oppression come out from under. And it took 20 years for Solomon to build the temple. But in the 21st year, God's glory descended and came upon that temple. I, I, I just have to say, these are patterns. And, you know, the Bible tells us that he, teaks, he speaks to us through patterns and principles. We look for the pattern and then we study the principles to see what he says. These show two sides of the number, these examples. When we view it as a time cycle, in the case of 20 years in length, the time indicates a, a waiting period. But when seen as the end of 20 years, it has the indication of a time of redemption in our lives. The Bible also indicates that 20 is the age of manhood. The age of accountability for those counted among people for service, for war, for the priesthood, for worship. And there's many, many scriptures that confer that idea to us. I think it's taken 20 years for our prayer ministry to mature to where we are now really ready for service. You know, it's hard being a young church, but there comes a stability when you become an old church. And we're not old by any measure of churches. There are churches that are 2,000 years old, but we are old in Africa as a church is concerned. And especially in terms of the fresh move of the Holy Spirit that we've seen. Our synod theme, next steps toward maturity, speaks to where we're going. And I believe that we're moving into maturity. The 21st year, a season of divine perfection, where we begin to see the mature sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when we see him, we'll be like him. I think that we're going to be more and more like him. The whole earth groaneth, waiting for the manifestation of the mature sons of God. I, I believe that there's a maturity coming. Pastor Nikki talked about wisdom and revelation being war. I don't think I've ever heard that before, but I believe that we are coming into a time of intense warfare, and a new season of warfare. The wisdom that we need comes from above. The revelation comes from the knowledge of him, of Jesus Christ. I agree with you, Pastor Nicky, that this is a season of opening and closing doors. He opens doors and he shuts doors. I believe that God will begin to use men and women of God to do that. And I read often in the Bible and I I'm always amazed at the boldness and the strength of some of our leaders that have gone before us. Not just in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament. Speaking things and silencing the voice of imposters. One lady who was following after Paul Declaring, this is some great man of God. Da -da. He finally turned after the third day and said, be still. Because he was interrupting the gospel. And she was silent. That door was shut. 
Another proconsul was trying to, or another man was trying to, to, to keep the proconsul, I think in Malta, from hearing the, the gospel or Crete. And Paul said, you'll be blind for a season. There, I, I think we're coming into a season, folks, where some of us, not all, but some of you will begin to have an authority that you've never seen before. God matches fire with fire. God answers by fire. These prophets of Baal that are speaking today in the marketplace, these people that are so bold and so cocky, their God does not answer by fire. Not fire made, not fire from heaven. And there'll come a confrontation, as there was in the Old Testament, in the name of Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. I think it's a time where we'll begin to see the word of God come out of the mouth of his believers and carry forth the purpose wherein he sends it. It's a time for, I believe, Daniels and Josephs, Deborahs and Esthers, Bezalels, Elikims, Davids, these are our examples. I think it's time for those kind of people to take their place in the body of Christ. Beginning of this last year, there were some things that I felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to declare. By the way, I don't give a word of the year lightly. I, I, I'm preparing this year's word of the year already. I'm listening, I'm asking, I'm studying other men who are hearing from God. I, I listen to the prophets. I, I believe that God reveals to the prophets. I also believe that God reveals to us. And so I sensitively wait before the Lord before I declare a word because I, I know that we receive the word of God in this church. But in 5778, I declared that it would become increasingly important for you to use your God-given authority to see God's will carried out in the sphere of authority that he has given you and around the world. I said, this is why we'll be training ourselves how to pray with others in the courtroom of heaven so that we can enter the courts of heaven and exact the judgments that must be pronounced in order for the Holy Spirit to do his work in the earth and in our lives. I don't think it was an accident that the author of the book, The Courts of Heaven, was here for our prayer conferences here. Or was it action? He was here for action, wasn't he? For action. I don't think that was an accident. I don't think, I don't think that God is messing around with Zimbabwe. I think he's saying, hey, I'm going to send you my best. I'm going to send you the, 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 the guys that I've authored this stuff through. I said this, I said there will be a continuation of major catastrophes, earthquakes, and increased natural disasters around the world. Our prayers will be heard and have an impact on these situations and can save lives. I also said that the grace of God will prevail. As sin and evil abound, Light will begin to shine in the midst of gross darkness and shall be more like a storm cloud 
and she'll move like a storm cloud across our nation and around the world in the next several years. I, I, think, I don't think darkness is going to get less. In fact, I think it's going to get worse. I think you're going to see reaction to light like you've never seen before. People are becoming wicked. The Bible says the spirit of the end times would be one of lawlessness. And, and, and that there would be such corruption in the earth that it would be called perilous times. I, I don't think we should fool ourselves or lull ourselves into thinking that somehow it's going to get better. I don't think it's going to get better. But I think that God will preserve us in a land of Goshen. When it's dark in Egypt, we will have light. I think you need to prepare yourselves for the kingdom. Amen. I believe that there will be events that will arouse people to seek God. There will be natural disasters, violence of all sorts. And there will also be supernatural manifestations at the hand of believers. I think you should expect God to use you with supernatural signs and wonders. I think we need to ask God for an increase of his Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit because we need to counteract this darkness with powerful acts of his power in the marketplace. Tomorrow we're going to be praying and having presbytery. I hope you're all there because we're going to be imparting gifts of the Spirit. We're going to be imparting anointing. And I'm believing the Holy Spirit to show up in a way. I'm actually beginning to believe that we're on the cusp of another Jesus movement. And I think it might start right here with us. There's something in the spiritual atmosphere. I can't describe it, but I'm telling you, it's very, very exciting to me. I haven't sensed this since the 1960s and 70s when I gave my life to the Lord. And uh, I think you're part of it. I think it's going to be very exciting. This increase of supernatural manifestations at the hand of believers is going to be used to usher in a great revival, a great revival. I said this last year. I took a word from the Hebrew, it's the word mabul. It's the word for flood. It's used in Genesis 6, 17, which was the flood that God used to cleanse the earth of evil, of wickedness. And I declared, I believe that we're coming into a season of revival where there will be a flood, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. There will be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that will usher in a revival, that will usher in a change in the hearts and lives of people. And his, first of all, it will start in the body of Christ. There will be a, a cleansing and a purifying of our body. And it will begin to help us to initiate this to go into new places and bring that revelatory truth Things that we've never seen before because as you get cleansed, as you can see, you'll, you'll see God more clearly. So I can see that already working in our lives. Many of you have drawn much closer to God in this last year. And then there will be an increase in 24-7 prayer. 24-hour, seven-day-a-week prayer and worship. You see, our mandate on earth is to mirror what's going on in heaven. And there, 24 hours a day, seven days a week... There's somebody before the throne of God worshiping and praising and bowing down. And worthy, worthy, worthy are you. And they don't change their, their songs very often, but when they do, it's all around how great God is, how wonderful he is, and how magnificent he is, and, and who he is. And, and, and I, I think that we can mirror that here on earth. And, I, and the, the thing is that with that comes presence. With that comes his Holy Spirit. Yeah, we've already begun to see an increase in prayer. 
began to see an increase in prayer in this church and in our FOC churches. As the prayer departments are joining together now, as our music departments are joining together now, we're beginning to get this one church in many location thing going. As our pastors have become mature, I want to commend many of you who have come into your own. In fact, again, I have a prophetic word for some of you. Uh, this also is your new season. It's your new day. Some of you have already sensed a new anointing, a new maturity that's come upon you. Become mature. Uh, I was just amazed at some of you leading this week. And not, not that your content is any better or worse, but your maturity has changed. Your ability to deliver, your ability to not just do it, but to really understand what's being done, to understand what the ministry is all about. You see, with understanding and knowledge, we move into a place where we can be used by God because he can now use you in wisdom. You don't do things by rote. You don't do it because you saw somebody else do it. You're literally being able to listen to the Holy Spirit. Some of you have begun to do that. And the maturity on you is amazing. And your development blesses me. And your churches are going to flourish under your care this year. It's going to be amazing. So I appreciate that. And I want to commend you for that. In Jesus' name. There's a scripture that God gave me, and I believe it's coming to pass. It's not for me only, but I, somehow it has a resonation in my heart. God gave me a vision when I came to this nation. And uh, to be honest with you, I have not seen it fulfilled. As great as this ministry is and as great as everything we get to do is, I just feel like this is so below what God showed me. He gave me a vision of, from the nation of Zimbabwe, shafts of light penetrating all of Africa and then the rest of the world. I never knew how that would happen. I've tried everything. I've gone on worldwide television. I've aligned myself with other people's ministries. I've served other ministers and other ministries that I thought could impact Africa. I have aligned myself with movements. I have tried to send Bible schools throughout Africa. I've thought that maybe if we could just raise up enough people in this church, we could multiply churches. It's not that easy to touch all of Africa. But I keep hearing this scripture that God gave me. Psalm 2, verse 8. Ask of me the nations. Ask of me for the nations. And I'll give them to you as an inheritance. Tonight I can't help but ask again for the nations. Not just Zimbabwe. Not just the five nations surrounding Zimbabwe. But that we would reach. That we would impact. That we would touch. And send shafts of light into every single nation of Africa. And from there we would touch the nations of the world. Africa will no longer be called the dark continent. But from Africa will come light. And it will be the light of all mankind. It starts with you and I. 
these deeds of darkness that have been done today, these deeds of darkness that are being done in our country, it's time to stand up and say no. It's time to be vocal. It's time to use social media. It's time to go to the powers that be and say, excuse me. And you don't have to be ugly about it. We're not going to be ugly. We're just going to say, listen, we're going to be really smart. We're going to use wisdom. There are principles that we're violating. These are not the values of our society. Who is bringing these values into our African culture? This is Africa. We are not going to allow this anymore. And it's time for you to be vocal about it. Or lose your culture and lose who you are and become like the other nations of the world who have corrupted themselves, who have begun to worship false gods and who have... You know, yes, we've had our false gods. We've worshipped our ancestors. We've, yes, we've been blatant about that. But I'll tell you what, we don't need to take on the gods of other nations now. We've, we've been set free by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, amen. I love you guys. I don't think we should celebrate... 20 years of daily prayer without praying. Amen? So I'm going to ask you all to stand. I'm going to ask you to take the hand of a person next to you. And I'm going to ask you to pray with me tonight. As we pray, first of all, for those in power. The Bible says when you pray, pray for those who are in authority, for kings and those in authority. I want to pray for our new president and his cabinet that somehow he would come to his senses. He's running all over the world trying to solve problems that he's not getting the answers to because the world does not have the answer. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. Some run to Egypt to get their answers. But I'm going to tell you something. There's a God who gives answers to men. When Israel sought God, God defeated their enemies. God brought them prosperity. God brought them blessing. When Israel sought Egypt, God brought calamity. God brought trouble. God brought problems. Brought them into bondage. I'm going to tell you something. The world's systems are going to bring us into bondage. But God's system will liberate us. Can we do it God's way? Well, even if our government doesn't, let you and I do it God's way. We'll be an example. We'll be a light to a dark world. Can we do that? Amen. So we're going to pray first of all for those in authority. Then we're going to pray for the whole chain of government. All right, those above us. Our city councilors. They might even fix the water pipes. Our people are dying because our city council is not fixing the pipe. The raw sewage is flowing into the tap water. Folks, this is criminal. And we're not getting the accurate reports. They're not telling you how many people are really dying. Why? Because there's a margin that is acceptable by the world. 1% of the population can die in a cholera crisis. But I'm telling you more than that's happening. We have people on the ground. And, and, and we want to be respectable in the eyes of men. But it doesn't motivate us to do what we're supposed to do. Folks, this is wrong. We need to pull out all the stops. We need to save our people. Cholera, you shouldn't die of cholera. 
I thank God for our Celebration Health and for some of the people in this church that have laid down their own agendas and they're saying, no, no, we're going to help our people. We're going to serve God. I believe that God's about to do something for them and for the kingdom that you've not seen before. So we want to pray at that level too. Then, folks, I think we need to pray for the churches of our city. The church is the answer. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Churches need to step up. And not just this church, but all the churches of our city need to step up. And they need to be a voice for God. And we need to pray for our pastors. Many of them have been beaten down. Many of them have become weary and they're no longer, you know, some of them aren't even preaching the gospel anymore. They're doing anything they can to get a face in the crowd. Guys, I'll never not preach the gospel to you. I'll always preach the gospel. You know, I noticed the other day, even in our church, it's almost like you have to be hyped up to make an altar call. Somebody has to stir your emotions or stir your flesh to get you to the altar. I'm going to tell you something. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't get yourself so fleshly that you have to feel an emotion. Respond to truth, whether you feel it or not. Respond to truth. Make the altar your friend. Make the altar your friend by truth. When you hear truth, respond to truth. Because I'll tell you, if you respond to a feeling, you'll be deceived. If you're always waiting for an emotion, you're going to be deceived. I can tell you, I lived seven years of my life without feeling an emotion. I preached without feeling an emotion. I said, God, what is this? He says, you don't have to feel saved to be saved. You don't have to feel me for me to be there. And God took me through a severe test. Will I remain faithful if I don't even feel him, if I don't feel or sense his presence? I'll tell you, part of it was due to my own sinfulness, but part of it was also due to a test that God put me through. I've been brokenhearted. But I want you to know tonight that my heart's desire is to continue to walk in obedience to the Word of God and the Spirit of God. I want to pray that for our churches, that we return to the Word. We've had so many false prophets come into the body of Christ now, and they're amping things up. They're amping it up to fever pitch. We don't want that. I don't want that. My job is not to amp it up to where you think I'm the great man of God. My job is to teach you that you become the men and women of God, that God uses, that God can heal through, can speak through, can prophesy through, and can change the life of anyone that you come across. You're the ministers of God, not me. Amen? I'm here to equip you to be the minister of God. That's what this church is all about. So we want to pray for the church. Then we want to pray for our families. Heads of homes, man, I hope men, you understand. I hope you're in the Be That Man program. I hope you're majoring in men because I tell you what, it's time for men to stand up. It's, 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 and it's, ladies, I'm sorry, but it's the men's hour in the body of Christ now. We love you, ladies. God bless you, and you're wonderful, and you, you're, you've been ahead of the men for a long, long time. You've been leading the men. Okay, you've been doing a great job leading us. But I'm telling you, it's over. I'm telling you, the men are going to take their place now. And you're starting to see some males become men. You're seeing some males become men. Amen? So am I. As a pastor, it blesses me to see so many of our men 
really wrestling things to the ground, taking responsibility. I'm so proud of all of our men. You know, and some of you still are on the fence, I know, but it's time for you to come in, okay? Hallelujah. Pray for our families. Pray for the next generation. I want to pray for the next generation. Amen. Because our children could be a generation that doesn't know God. They could be godless. And our grandchildren. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.